0: Joining you, listeners, after not one but two new signings for Newcastle. Like, holy crap! <laughs> Newcastle signing players in
1: June, and yeah, and they've been quite interesting signs as well. To be honest, um, some some pretty decent ones. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll, we're glad you've got we've got Target again, and um, then uh, Nick Pope from Burnley for probably quite a steal. To be fair, I mean, he's not. It's not a spring chicken, don't get me wrong. So under Mike Ashley this never would have occurred. Yeah. Um but, you know, he's probably he's probably fighting for a place in the England squad against Pickford, to be fair.
0: Yeah, you know, um ten million pounds for yeah, an England international, as you say. I mean only, only eight caps, but he's almost certainly gonna be in the squad um for Qatar uh that come this winter. You know, he's 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 at least been in and around the England squad for a few years obviously Burnley went down and uh, I don't know if you've been following their situation listeners but um because of their sort of ownership situation them getting relegated was pretty catastrophic for them financially so um they were also in a position where you know they're kind of desperate to rake in some money as well but you know he was he was he was a great player for them he he, he actually made the PFA team of the year uh in uh, 2019-20 he was Burnley's player of the season twice which Again, obviously, a big part of that was because Burnley were constantly getting uh, battered with shots. But
1: well, I mean, it shows that he he's used to having you know that type of situation, and, and I know we, we whittled on about it for a lot of the season uh, last year about Newcastle's defense being poor, and obviously that's improved. However, you know Pope has shown that he, he's used to that type of pressure, and he gets a lot of practice.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So... He he's a, well, I mean, yeah, just a, uh, I mean his biggest strength is is shot stopping as you just said i mean he he made the the second most saves of any goalkeeper over the last three premier league seasons so as you say although we are hopefully not going to be facing quite as many shots now that we have a much hopefully a much better defence in front of the goalkeepers um yeah as you say he's completely well equipped then to deal with anything that does come through
1: I know that people talk about footwork and distribution being important and let's ignore footwork for now because honestly, I don't like it when goalkeepers run out and, you know, tempt <laughs>
0: yeah. tempt
1: fate. Um, it's hilarious when it's not your team, but um, <laughs> I, I think the distribution one's going to be interesting because obviously Newcastle have started playing a bit like a counter-attacking team and you kind of want really quick, accurate distribution. Um So maybe that is something that that can be worked on. But all in all, that's kind of a minor issue. Um, You just want him to be able to lob it out. I don't really care if he can kick it. um, Because to be honest, when all goalkeepers boot it, it is a boot. And 90% of the time it goes near one of your players. (laughs) It doesn't mean they actually get possession. It's more of the the quick throw outs that, you know, the the quick lobs that are Yeah, to get get a counter attack very
0: nice and quick. Yeah. I yeah I mean I the, I feel like I'm you know I'm I'm a bit more of an enlightened fan I I I like going for the stats and I, you know but this is probably going to make me sound like a little bit of a dinosaur but I agree I don't
1: but you're very old
0: <laughs> I don't mind so much like obviously it's obviously amazing if you've got a goalie who is an amazing shot stopper and they're actually a really good passer so but if you've got Neuer. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's all, there's only a handful of goalkeepers who are amazing at both. You know, a who you actually think, you know what, you could probably do a job outfield if you had to. Maybe not quite at the same level as you are as a goalkeeper.
1: But you, you, kind of, you kind of want someone, one of your outfield players, who can actually be okay in goal. That's, that's, <laughs> that's more of the way you want it to be, to be honest. Yeah, Just so I, in case. <laughs> I kind of feel like,
0: first and foremost, a goalie's job, obviously is the shot-stopping. It's keeping the ball out. So if you're an amazing shot-stopper, I don't mind that much if you're not as great at the less important things. Obviously, ideally, you'll be an all-round package. But again, for £10 million, for someone who can compete with Dubravka and goal... I mean, to be fair, because of Dubravka, I didn't think we were going to sign a goalkeeper this summer. I didn't think it was an area where we necessarily needed to look to strengthen. But again, for that kind of price, for a player of Pope's experience... Uh, and abilities I, I think that's fine we've got two perfectly strong goalkeepers now competing for that number one spot
1: not only that they, they will help complement each other I mean luckily I, I suppose for um, the Premier League it's going to stop during the World World Cup um, not all teams get that luxury unfortunately so you know it's not like you have to replace um, Pope during that time when he's not going to be yeah. there so there is that but I think it would be nice for Debravka to have that little bit of competition, as it were, and not only that, but as you've just said Pope's got so much experience. Um, those two working together could, you know, improve both of them and it would be it'd be a nice yeah. partnership. Or at least I hope it would be. I know in a way goalkeeping you feel like you gotta be a bit savage with each other to Yeah, be well.
0: it's it's a weird one. Sometimes if you've got a number two who is really happy in that number two role, then it can work really well. Sometimes yeah, it can be a bit like every man for himself because it's such a solitary, singular position. So you might have two who are a bit more rivalry, but hopefully they can kind of push each other, but in the right way. Um, and that's something that we weren't really getting before from Darlow and from Woodman. Um, you know, I, I wanted to see more from Woodman. I, I wanted, I wanted it to work out for him, but it just, it unfortunately just wasn't on the cards for him. And
1: well, it didn't help that. A, the season was so bad for most of it well, yeah. um b you had that many injuries that you just kind of he came out when he had to and then when there was an option not to you had to play your first team goalkeeper to try and prevent anything
0: yeah and also like just sort of to somewhat go back to what we were talking about before with with Pope and yeah you know, with the whole like the footwork and the distribution it's like obviously as I say we've improved the defense now as we'll get on to in a minute with uh, another defensive signing. So hopefully we're not going to be facing as many shots as we have done in the last sort of two three seasons. But at the same time, we're not yet a Man City, we're not yet a Liverpool, we're not a team that's still going to be completely controlling the games where you do need that bit of distribution more from your goalie more than we will, as you say. Apart from maybe just helping engineer some counter attacks. Mm. So again, in the next you know two three seasons, we're still going to be in hope. Well, and this is being optimistic, this is assuming we're even going to reach that Man City Liverpool stage. And, you know, that's still a long way off yet. Let's let's make no bones about that. We're still going to, while we're at best in this sort of transitional phase from the team we've been to potentially that kind of team toward the top end of the table. Yeah, first and foremost, just keeping the ball out of the net is going to be the priority, (laughs) not just. Oh, how can we distribute? How can we control the game better? Because we're not going to be controlling. That's all stuff. Hopefully, that... more than we were, but not many. Yeah, but
1: that's all stuff that comes later. And exactly. And, and from what you know, from what you kind of get from training camps, as long as the team is good, which I don't think Pope's going to be a dickhead. Um, so uh, I, I think I think that's going to be something that they, you know, they'll train together, they will talk to each other, and they'll share um, their experiences, which you know Pope's had a lot. A lot of different players have shot against him. He will have an idea and his, his coaching team at the time, and which obviously I'm sure will pass on this information, mm. will have an idea of various team tactics and, and roughly ideas of where players like to shoot, what foot they like to shoot on. and to, it, The risk of becoming that data person and that mm-hmm. the money board person, all that is important. Because subconsciously or not, we are creatures of habit, and that is what you will tend to do. That is what a player will prefer to do. Yeah, um, Doesn't mean they'll necessarily do it all the time, but that will be the preference. So all of that stuff is just the information alone and his experience is, is enough.
0: Yeah, and as we as we always talk about in, in top-level sport, it is those marginal gains, as you say. Yeah. Just playing those percentages, someone with that experience just has that... Um, has that
1: knowledge with them and not only that it's, it's quite a shrewd signing 10 million isn't a lot these days no. it's from a team that's just been relegated he was going to be signed up by somebody eventually um, and I think for him it's a decent move getting to move to a club like Newcastle um, yes not as I was saying he got European football but there's the potential for it this year um, and I think it's it's just quite a good opportunity for him if nothing else and obviously the club gets a good player that somebody else can't get and they get to uh, have that security at the back.
0: Yeah, slightly unexpected going for a goalie, but I thought yeah, a bit of really a bit of a no-brainer in the end. To be honest, at that kind of price.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more work that needs to be done. Obviously, your defence is is, is is pretty good now. So your main options would be trivia Botman, Shah, Byrne, Taggart, Debravka, and Pope. So you, you know that that's good. Um, hopefully Botman is is decent, who I know you're going to talk about in a sec. Um. But I, I do feel that maybe you know we need to move away from defence now, and maybe you know like forwards.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, um, there's still plenty of work to be done in this window, as you say. But I think the defence was a bit of a priority in it. Yeah, yeah. And again, as we have seen at Bournemouth, you know, the organising the defence wasn't necessarily Eddie Howe's best um, biggest strength, and obviously, admittedly, a lot of it came even before. Um, Eddie Howe arrived because, to be fair, actually, the second half of the season, after especially after Burn, Target and Trippier arrived, our defence understandably was a lot more robust and we kept out uh, a lot more goals. But yeah, we've now added Sven Botman into that that mix, as you just mentioned, thirty five million pound signing from Leal. It uh, was something that we were trying to get in January, and it didn't quite work. Um, and yeah, I can't say that I've really seen any of him play, I can only really go off what I've read, what I've heard about him, he seems like he's a very exciting prospect, So a a 22 year old Dutch centre back, he's 6 foot 5 so he's Mm. not too far off Don Burns, so again we've got plenty of height in that defence again Um, but yeah, he's he came through Ajax's academy uh, before he went to Lille, so on top of that sort of strong physical ability that you'd expect of someone of his sort of stature and physique and for you know, playing in Wigan, which is is known to be somewhat similar to the Premier League in terms of the physicality. That kind of Ajax um pipeline that he's sort of come through, that that conveyor belt, you can expect that that good technical ability from him as well.
1: And he's only twenty two, so to pair him with players like well, I suppose in mainly it would be Burn, and and Trippier in this case to pair him with experienced players like that. Yeah. And yes, he does have international um caps, obviously for the under, and um, I think the under under 20. I think and... he's the
0: captain of the under twenty ones. Yeah. But,
1: uh, it... but he's had that throughout his career. I think all mm. the way down to like under 15s or something. So yeah. Yes, he has that. But um, so the experience of of your current back four will be really interesting? Hopefully, that will mould him into either someone that you will be able to sell for a lot of money. Hopefully not, but probably someone that is really going to fit into that 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 team. And I really hope you've got another Fafana, To be fair,
0: yeah, that I mean that will be amazing because we've seen well a, the impact that he's had on Leicester when he's been fit, and unfortunately,
1: that terrible how two-footed much tackle was... that didn't get a red card and broke his leg in two places. Yeah, that and one.
0: and how much he was missing <laughs> after that. Yeah, um, so hopefully we can have someone. Yeah, who's a really sort of just that that just that top class young defender, as you say, the 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 players that he can now work alongside those experienced defenders in that back line that he can learn from and he can work with as and, well. And, and I know
1: that he's pretty quick, which compared to the back four that you've had most of this season, which has been pretty big and slow, apart from your wingers, um, it you know it'd be nice yeah. to have that extra support in defence from after you've gone forward and, and you're on the receiving end of a counter attack that just that pace would be nice.
0: And also, how often is it that we've been able to say in recent years that we beat AC Milan? To I mean, this signature? is the only
1: time you'll be allowed to say that. But yeah, no. <laughs> but,
0: uh, and bear in mind as well, this is an AC Milan of just one Serie A. This isn't the AC Milan of a few years ago who would really had gone kind of become a, sea, a sleeping giant as well. This was. This is AC Milan back as a title-winning yeah. team. I mean, again, obviously you have to, in part, look at the finances for that, of course. Um, but even so, hopefully, this is a sign that he's not just looking at us as a stepping stone, but actually he's looking at the projects we're building, and hopefully others will follow as well. You know, they're not just going to be looking at it as, oh well, you know, I have a couple of good seasons, and I can go to Liverpool or Man City or whoever hopefully they're kind of coming and thinking you know what i mean let's face it they're all probably going to be thinking that as well but they might also be thinking but at the same time maybe it just works out and i've got it on the ground floor of something big here yeah
1: and again it's good business i mean 35 million for a young player who shows or has been showing quite a lot of potential to be honest um there's not many really good young defenders who aren't signed up to the big teams or probably on loan from Chelsea, um, so. Um...
0: And again, you know he he helped he helped, uh, he helped beat PSG to the title yep. in Wigan in, in 2021, and as a result of that got to play a bit of Champions League football last season. Obviously, we won't not be in Europe. <laughs> but uh, again, that's still such valuable experience playing up against those top teams.
1: But I think this will be a bit of a learning curve as well because yeah, I know we all joke about PSG and how they don't really have any competition. But L- Lille are one of those competitions. But... And I don't... Uh, I'm always feel I'm at danger, so like one of those stereotypical old white men who's like, "Oh, the Premier League was the best league in the world." <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not, but like, it, join
0: it, me as a dinosaur. This yeah,
1: no, it can, it can. Jurassic it, podcast. I think, I think the thing is about the Premier League is that the, it's a bit topsy turvy a lot of the time. Yeah, we, we can pretty much guarantee that City, Man City are going to win because they have so much money they can throw at people, as we've seen. Um, but there's still times when a Newcastle, a Leicester or a um, Arsenal, randomly, uh, <laughs> will come through and beat them. And I think I think it's a league where, yeah, the big teams might always win. At least that's what it's becoming. However, that doesn't mean you're not going to get a couple of goals against them and you're going to have to make them work for it. Not always the case. But I think this is going to be one of those um, experience for, experiences for him where he's maybe not... He's, well, he's not going to be one of the big fish in the pond, no offence to Newcastle, but he isn't, you know, at the moment, they aren't the big fish in the pond and it's going to be a bit more of a battle mm. um, than maybe necessarily what he's used to being one of the top dogs in France.
0: Yeah, exactly. And as you say, just in terms of, yeah, the defence now, the lineup we've got with options in goal, you know, two strong options in goal instead of just one strong option if we can if we can keep that defence fit that's probably one of the, and and assuming as you say Botman does kind of live up to the hype that's probably one of the best collections of defenders we've had for as long as i can remember pretty much because mm. um you know yeah that's well three three really decent centre back options a decent left back you know a good solid left back and a and a, and a very good right back and I said, two strong goalkeeping options. That gives us such a platform to build from next season at the back. As you say, what we now need to do is focus on, right, where can we get some more goals? Where can we get more support for Callum Wilson? Or, you know, more realistically, where can we get someone who's fit when Callum Wilson isn't? <laughs> you know, but just all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but still, for us to be in this position at... Um You know, the start of July to have already have three signings in the bag to kind of have one area of the pitch essentially taken care of that was basically unheard of under Ashley. We always did our business so late like it it makes such a nice change uh, unfortunately that therefore that leads me to the next story, which is the Saudi ownership giveth and mm-hmm. the Saudi ownership taketh away uh yes, listeners, as you've probably seen. That god awful green and white uh, Saudi inspired third kit is unfortunately and predictably real. Uh, we were pretty sure it was anyway that week. Unfortunately, did look quite legit. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we. You can always go back and listen to that pod to hear our feelings on it. There's no point in us really rehashing it completely uh, today because we pretty much said all that. But yeah, it's not. It's not good. Um,
1: it's not the best, not the best. Um, oh, for a word! Not the best for publicity, is it? But hey, hey. The you optics, know, yeah, yeah it's, whatever.
0: But again, that that's the thing, as we've spoken about before, from an optics point of view for the club, because we see how how many you know uh, third parties are very understandably, by the way, criticizing the ownership for, well, you know, for basically for what happens in Saudi Arabia, which. You know, they deserve a lot of criticism for the human rights abuses we've, again we've gone over it a million times they're not good people whatever good they do for our club they are not good people and we can't forget that it doesn't mean we can't be happy at what's happening at the club but that doesn't mean we can't question them either So, but yeah from that PR point of view for the club you would want to be trying to minimise those links as much as possible because again supposedly we aren't owned by the Saudis spoiler alert, guys we are, but obviously unfortunately, that isn't why the Saudis bought us they literally bought us well for the sports watching reasons and to do that they need to be strengthening these links because they need to be tied to all the positive things that, that that do happen so if anything this is I think this is just the start of of many reason many ways in which the Saudis are gonna be. Like I said, sort of strengthening the links with the club, and obviously, although that is only actually going to increase the criticism we're actually going to get from, uh, from the media. And again, I can't stress this enough, deservedly so, from the point of view of, these aren't good people. <laughs> unfortunately, it's only going to continue, which is, quite saddening for me. I'm not surprised by it. Um, to be clear, I think this was, always the plan, basically from day one. Once they took us over, uh, unfortunately, it is going to. You know for those of us and obviously the, as we've seen on social media there are some plenty of newcastle fans who have they fully gone down the saudi rabbit hole and they're happy to stay there uh, but for those of us who are torn between you know being so happy that ashley's gone and that we can finally be optimistic as a club again versus these people really shouldn't be in charge of our club or any other unfortunately it, it may only get more difficult um but then again maybe they'll go out and sign some more players and then we can all forget about it for a bit longer which is exactly what they want but look as I say go back and listen to that older episode um, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on that listeners but I won't be buying it <laughs> also I just the white and green I know it's only a green trim I don't, I don't like it
1: It's never going to get warm make it a black so. trim
0: again I know that wouldn't work oh. because the whole point of the third kit is it's meant to be a slightly different colour scheme but not for me Clive not for me <laughs> <laughs> But we will be here to discuss any more Saudi nonsense and hopefully some more of the positive stuff, like more signings next time. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks with that. Um, the players are all back in uh, preseason training now. Uh, it's the, I can't. I'm not sure what the friendly schedule is now. I'll have to have a look at that for next time. There may even be some friendlies to talk about. Uh, potentially, we'll 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 see. Hopefully, mo- most most importantly, maybe another signing or two. But uh, yeah, we'll have to get back to you then, listeners. In the meantime. If you could, please give the podcast a like and subscribe and a positive review. That would be amazing. We've been Magpies and Restricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problemo. And thank you, listeners. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.